NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Bet $100, get $100 at winbet.com or download the WinBet app and start winning today. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Final Four Watch Party, April 1st at 7.30 p.m. SGP will be at the Ice House in Los Angeles, so come hang out with the crew. All the info you need is at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash ice house. Yes, sir. We are back with another edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. No me, no the voice, no the guy. It's me, Really Real, Villain Real, Terrell Furman Jr. here at your service. And it is a Wednesday in the association with a massive 10-game slate. Got my guy Scott Studio Rice Show with me. Scott, what's going on? Yeah, nothing much. Looking forward to going through the Wednesday card. I know Tuesday was pretty decent. Ended up losing the lock. I was torn between the Cavs minus the points. And the Nets team total under, and unfortunately, the Nets scored 30-plus points in the fourth quarter in garbage time. Made it somewhat competitive in the end, but the Cavs covered, but the Nets did go over that team total, so I got the lock wrong. But I did have the Thunder on the money line against the Clippers, and they got that done. Not a fun game, not a pretty game, but the Thunder in the seventh spot. So looking forward to hopefully seeing them in the playoffs. I like Mm -hmm. that team. They find ways to win. Unfortunate that Paul George got injured, but injuries are a part of the sport. Uh, yeah, overall ended up splitting, but hit roughly a two to one dog. So it could have been worse. Yeah, no, no, I like it. Definitely great show by you guys. Five and one on the show, uh, for you yesterday, especially with that thunder money line. I mean, I hate to, you know, see the injuries happen, especially to a guy like Paul George, like Paul George is actually like a likable guy. You know, and so and he had that serious leg injury, which was yeah. very fluky when he was with Team USA X amount of years ago. And yeah, like that was like a once in a million shot of that injury happening the way it did, and it happened to him. So uh, the fact that he, you know, and you see how his knee buckled, it was really, really mm-hmm. uh, uncomfortable to watch. So hope he's gonna be okay. Uh, we'll see what they say for the f- foreseeable future. All I know is right now is the team fears that it is something serious. So. Uh, Early indications look like we are not going to see Paul George again for the rest of the year, and that's going to bode, you know, very uncomfortable for the Los Angeles Clippers as they are making their own push for a playoff spot. Well, let's assume that Paul George cannot possibly come back. I know we were low on the Clippers anyway. We didn't have any real expectations of doing any damage in the playoffs. If Paul George is out for the rest of the year, do you think they even win a playoff series? Uh, are they still 100% guaranteed to make playoffs? Oh, uh, let me check. They're, I mean, I think they're only a game and a half back up uh, from the play-in. Maybe that. Fair point. So, uh, they're in the five seed. And right now they are... Uh, sorry, just pulling this up. So they're in the five seed. They're like right behind Phoenix. That would be the expected first-round matchup. They are currently one and a half games ahead of Oklahoma City and Dallas for the seven seed. Yeah, so, I mean, 
Kawhi's got to play the rest of the way because you know Kawhi misses games. And if Kawhi misses any game in this stretch. I don't think he, he can. I think I think he if he does, it's a pretty good shot. I mean, let's look at the rest of their schedule. You have the Thunder again on Thursday. It's a so, huge game. Huge game. I've kind of leaned Clippers already just off the top, back-to-back game set. You lost that game. Paul George went down. Everybody rallies and wins that next one. And then you get the Pelicans on the road. That's good. Bulls, all right. You got a two-game set with the Grizzlies in Memphis. That's going to be tough. Uh, Pelicans at home. Now, that's going to be that's going to be interesting, going to New Orleans to play the Pelicans. Lakers, where, I mean, you dominate them, but, man, do the Lakers need that win right there. And then you have Trailblazers and Suns. So just off top, there's like, what, three, maybe four losses rest of the way? You're assuming so. I mean, there's a chance the Clippers maybe, you know, rise to the occasion, but I doubt it. So, yeah, they don't exactly have many free wins. Portland's a free win because a little yeah. get shut down by that. So that's a free win. But for the most part, the Pelicans, you can say, have, have been relatively awful lately. But yeah. it's in New Orleans, you know. They've been very good at home. So that's not going to be automatically a win it as well. So, yeah, the Clippers are kind of up against it now. I do agree with franchise. I don't think they were going to win his playoff series anyway with Paul George. Mm-hmm. But I think we can agree that anybody who was holding out hope on the Clippers to actually make a surprise run, those hopes died last night. Yeah. And let's go ahead and just add that there's two sets of back-to-backs in that as well, where you have the two games set with the Grizzlies. That second game is on Friday, May 31st. The And then the game after that, they're, the day after that, they're traveling to New Orleans to play the Pelicans. And then they have a back-to-back. To, that is weird. Why do you have a back-to-back to end the season? That is terrible scheduling. Mm-hmm. But they have a back-to-back to end the season where they play on the ape, the Trailblazers in Los Angeles, and then get on the road and go play Phoenix in Phoenix on Sunday. I mean, I'm I'm sitting on a Clippers 7-1 to miss the playoffs ticket, so I guess I feel pretty all right. Like, I'm just going to watch and see how it plays out. But I, if I'm the Clippers organization, I'm concerned. I really am. I mean, you have to be because since he got – injured potentially seriously this late in the year, you also have to wonder if he'll be able to fully recover before the start of next season. There's a lot of mm-hmm. layers to this for, for the Clippers, but yeah, it's been rough. Uh, the Paul George and Kawhi Leonard combination over the years, they haven't won anything. They had nothing to show for it. They the only thing they're known together. for is choking away a playoff series where they're up 3-1. It's not fun. I mean, you don't wish injuries upon anybody, but at the end of the day, I got to at least point out that the Clippers, without Paul George, are definitely going to have a rough time moving forward. But, Uh yeah, it's just unfortunate. Very much so. All right, Scott, let's go ahead and get into this massive 10-game slate. First game up on the docket. We have the Denver Nuggets going to play the Washington Wizards. Nuggets are laying seven on the road. Line stay true to open at seven. However, the total has come down half a point. Opened up at 228.5, now at 228. Injury report for these two teams, and I have nothing to report for the Denver Nuggets. For the Washington Wizards, we have Kyle Kuzma, who is TBD with that ankle injury. It sounds like it's a pretty serious sprain, so... We'll see. It looked like Kyle Kuzma wanted to play yesterday. Was it yesterday they played or the day before? Yeah, they played against Orlando and they lost. Yeah, yesterday. So he wanted to play against Orlando. Coach said no. We'll see if they let him play today. 
because the Wizards are somewhat on the outside looking. I mean, I think that it's a lot worse now that they lost to Orlando yesterday, but they are somewhat into playoff contention in terms of getting into the play-in. All right, seven with the Nuggets. So I'm really low on the Wizards right now just because of how bad they looked against Orlando last game. And truth is, they haven't really looked good for the last week or two. Yeah. It's a decent amount of points. Now, I was in the Barclays Center uh, for the Nuggets win against the Nets, and they were up 20 entering the third quor- entering the fourth quarter. And they basically punted the entire lead, and they ended up winning the game by six. But I watched them play, and I thought that they looked solid for three quarters before they got bored. Uh-huh. Kuzma, I'm assuming, is still not going to play. He's currently doubtful for this one. It's a back-to-back. Washington's traveling as well. I'm going to lean Denver. I don't feel great about it, but I do have to point out the Nuggets did look really good for the first three quarters of that Nets game before they got bored and the game got competitive in the end. Give me Denver. I don't think that Denver has has really any issues scoring in this game. I think that Washington's defense, which just gave up 120-plus to Orlando, isn't equipped to guard Jokic. Porter Jr. looked good last game. Jamal Murray had 20 points in the first quarter against the Nets last game. I'm going to lean to Denver. It's really just fading the Wizards at this point because I really uh-huh. don't think this team is any good. Yeah, I, I I gave up on the Wizards after last night. I thought that was my, because in a game where you, like they're what two and a half game they were two and a half games back maybe Beal was back, horrible last night and that was such a must win for them on the road in Orlando against a team that knows they're not making the playoffs and you have a chance at the play and that was such a must win game and they and just they folded. Did what done yeah i i i just called that that this is where they probably start tanking the season honestly like when you look at the games left and you look at how far you're back i think this is the point where you just say all right chicago you got it we're 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 not going for it anymore so, uh, I'm with you on Denver here. I'm also on Denver first quarter, yeah. minus two and a half. I mean, Wizards off travel, coming off no rest. Kuzma may or may not play. If he does play, he's going to be hobbling around on that ankle. So, we'll see how that ankle looks in the first quarter, even if he does play. But, um, man, um, I, from what I, can I just tell, can't trust this Wizards okay. team. According to the Wizards coach yesterday, Wes Unsold was asked about uh, Kuzma's current situation. He said that Kuzma is dealing with a, quote, pretty significant ankle sprain. And Unsold said he'd be shocked if Kuzma could play through the ankle sprain, uh, well, uh, at least at this point in time. So I don't think Kuzma's going to play. When you hear the word significant, it's not exactly a good look for Kuzma to play in this game and if he does as you said he's before, not be he'll, be limp, he'll be limping all over the place yeah he's not gonna be effective uh he's gonna they're gonna tape it they're gonna juice him up he I, i'm good on it all right somebody in chat said first quarter over for this game yeah uh yeah i'm not mad at it hopefully washington comes out washington seven and three uh to the first quarter over their last 10 home games Let's see. Denver is six and four to the first quarter over their last 10 road games. So one plus one equals two. Both of those teams, not really, at least Washington, I'm not really looking at them defensively right now. I think that they're just going to try to match Denver point for point in this one. So, um, and that first quarter, yeah, that first quarter. So I like first quarter over, first quarter, Denver minus two and a half. 
like before the game, I'll just go ahead and lay the seven. Washington's really bad. I think they they eventually start tanking this one. Full game totals at two twenty eight. Scott, this one I'm kind of torn on because I want to automatically lean over because of Denver, but I'm really not. I impressed think the Wizards pack it in, man. Yeah, I think the Wizards pack it in. That's kind of how I feel. I think I'm going to lean under in this one. I, I wouldn't surprise me if the Wizards just come out here and potentially just no show this game. Yeah. It, it Yesterday was a perfect example of why I'm not a big Beal guy. You're paying uh-huh. him like $40, $50 million. You know, you got, he's got to keep his bag. I get it. But he went four for 15 in a must-win game against Orlando. He looked disinterested for most of the game. I understand that Beal has tried to become a bit more efficient, and they have Porzingis and Kuzma. They didn't have Kuzma last night. But it's why a lot of people didn't want to pay Beal that much money because they're paying him to be a, a number one option. And on a serious contending team, what is he, a three? Like a two? A low-end two? Mm, is that harsh or is that fair? No, I think it's low. I think he's definitely a two. But okay, it, so it, it, just two. Shows, it just shows that how much Russell, Russell Westbrook really did mean to that team. Like, he he was a, basically a scoring champ with Russell Westbrook playing beside him. Pretty much, because Westbrook would average a double-double, every a triple-double every game, and he'd get a bunch of assists. But, yeah, Beal has just been way too passive. And as a result, I don't know if half of it is just getting the money and now feeling content, or if it has to do with the offense trying to phase him out a little bit of taking 20-plus shot attempts. But in a must-win game without arguably your second-best player in Kuzma, you can't go four for 15. That can't happen. Mm -hmm. All right. Any props you like for this one? Uh, Are we just going Jokic triple-double again? I mean, is is anything going to stop you from taking that? Unless you think that it's a blowout and Washington ends up showing no threat at all and you've seen Denver pull everybody late. For that, I mean, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to realistically do it. I'm probably just going to watch the game and then wish I did it. But I am so tempted at Jokic under it plus money right now for points. It's fair. I, I ended up watching against the Nets. He didn't do anything really offensively. He started trying in the third, but he might get I mean, pulled, he doesn't have to. Passive, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't have to. He's super passive. I think, what, what didn't he have like single-digit shot attempts in that game? I think he had eight shot attempts. I think he had. I think he had eight shot attempts in that game. I mean, I just his number is twenty three and a half. That does seem a little bit high. I mean, when he had that game, it was twenty five and a half. That's the only thing that's making me uncomfortable because I know that game was twenty five and a half because I bet it. And now I I really really want to touch his under, but I'm I'm not going to do it. I'm going to just watch the game and then I'm going to watch it happen and say, dang, I wish I did it. It's cool. All right. Uh, prop that I'm actually going to give out is the one person on the Wizards that does like actually wants to try to make the playoffs, and that's Chris Porzingis. Did a good game last night. Yeah, he's he always has a good game. It looks like every time I look up, he has a good game. He's really good with the basketball. Over twenty three and a half points. I like him to have a day. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't mind that. The only concern I'd have is the well. You also should like it because he's probably going to have Jokic on him. And I know we're both not sold on Jokic's defense. The question that I have, though, is if you think Washington, if they pack it in, do you think Porzingis gets enough shot attempts? But we're, we have to assume that it'll be close enough yeah. where Porzingis can get enough shots early on in order to actually mm-hmm. go over this number. I think I'm going to gravitate towards Jamal Murray threes. 
It's at two and a half. It is a bit juiced at like minus 140. But mm-hmm. just watching Murray play against the Nets, I thought he looked fantastic. He went uh, nine for 19 from the floor, four for four from three. But looking at the last couple of games, he's had at least four made three-pointers in three of the last five. I think he's in line for a pretty good game here. I'm expecting Washington to probably collapse on on Jokic a decent amount in this game, which mm-hmm. is going to set up some open shooters. But, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and go with uh, Jamal Murray, who's been pretty good to me from the three-point line. Franchise, you mentioned that Jokic earlier this year at 43-14 and 14 against the Wizards. I don't know if that really matters to me because we saw Jokic against the Nets a week and a half ago go for 30-20. and 20. And against the Nets the second time around, he only scored like 23 points. Some it's matchup-based, and I'm sure that Washington's going to do whatever they saw defensively uh, in the first meeting and purposefully ignore it because it didn't work. And I think that it really comes down to how defenses play against Jokic. And if they choose to let Jokic go nuts, he'll go for 40. If they don't, he'll attempt seven shots and he'll have an 18-point triple-double. So the point is Jokic is so versatile with his ability to destroy any defense, that I can't blindly back results that he had earlier this year against the same team. Because if the defense changes up the way that they guard him, he's fully fine with just being less aggressive in terms of shot attempts and just racking up assists. Uh So Jokic is one of those guys who, I don't know if the previous stats against the team truly matter, if you think that there's a chance the defense changes up the way that they guard him. Because Jokic is not going to four shot attempts if he doesn't need to. Yeah, I agree. That last game uh, was 141-128 final score. Super high scoring game there. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the New York Knicks going to play the Miami Heat. Miami Heat is they are at home, lane two. Line opened up at two and a half. Lane two now, two twenty-four and a half is the total. That's come up four and a half points. Sheesh, what a movement there for the New York Knicks. Injury? Oh, wrong. That's the wrong day. Injury report. There we go. No, no, that's wrong. Injury report too. Hold on, I, I got the wrong report. Boom. Let's try this again. All right, for the New York Knicks, we have. Nothing to report. I did all that just to have nothing to report for the Knicks. And for the Miami Heat, Kyle Lowry expected to play. Caleb Martin is questionable with the knee injury. Cody Zeller is still on IR. All right. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious what we do, but what what do you like here? For me, I feel like I'm going to have to lean to the Knicks. I'm rooting for Miami. Because it is a pretty huge stretch for Miami if they want to avoid the play-in. And I have the Nets to miss the playoffs. So right now, I believe the Nets are, is it half a game up on Miami? I think they have an extra game in hand. But I'm pretty sure the Nets are half a game ahead of the Heat for the sixth seed. So they I'm rooting for Miami. They are half a game up. Yeah, I want, I want Miami to go on a run because uh, since I have money on the Nets to miss the playoffs, I need them in the play-in tournament the thing is i don't think miami's good like that's the problem i run into i've roasted this miami team for the entire season talking about how this team doesn't have much and how this team is so reliant on veteran players to figure it out and lowry's body just completely abandoned him over the last year and a half so he can't contribute butler we know is very good Hero, we know, is solid. Adebayo is good, but as you said several times, he's pick. He picks and chooses 
when to actually rebound the basketball. I don't like their supporting cast. I don't think their supporting cast is good. Defensively, they're not great. They rely heavily on Max Struess and some other guys that I don't exactly trust. I'm going to link to the Knicks. I hope I'm wrong. And the last time they played, Randall hit that insane fadeaway three-pointer to win the game. But I got to link to the Knicks because I trust this team more. And I think at the end of the day, you're going to see a situation where the Heat will be in a very close game like they always are in pretty much every game against any decent team. And I'm going to lean to the Knicks to find a way to win it. You can argue the Knicks will be extra motivated after losing that game to Minnesota and giving up 140-plus points in the Garden. Shout out to new Knicks owner Torian Prince, but Fuck I'm gonna lean Torian to the Knicks Prince, here. Honestly, like honestly, we'll talk about that game later because I know you're gonna bet his under. Pole. You're gonna bet his under for the for the points for Torian Prince today, but I'm gonna go with the Knicks. They're getting points. I think both teams are very comparable. I think the Knicks are just better, but I think you can make an argument these teams are somewhat close. Worst case scenario, I'm gonna lean to the Knicks. They're getting points against the Heat team that I don't trust. I hope I'm wrong. I hope the Heat win. But I'm gonna take the. I'm gonna use my head, and I'm gonna take the next. Yeah, I am not laying points with the Miami Heat. <laughs> I am not laying points with the Miami Heat. I'm perfectly fine doing that. I've seen this song and dance story plenty of times before with this team. Not, I'm not taking my chances. This could be not taking my chances. And even when the Heat would beat this team last year, every game was close. Yeah, and I mean, all I know is. I've seen, I'm pretty sure it was this season. It might have been last season. I'm pretty sure it was this season. I've seen the OKC Thunder come into Miami while the Heat were laying two and the Heat one by one. I saw it. I saw it. Was that the, was that the uh, perfect free throw game performance on national TV? I th- no, I don't think that was that. I think it was. I think that was, was the game Butler had like 20-something free throw attempts and the Heat set the all-time record. Maybe. I think it was. Why do I feel like those were two different things? It might. It might have been. It might have been. I, I think that was the game. Either way, I, I'm, I'm just hard pressed to think that Miami is a better team than the Knicks. Like honestly, They're and not. with J, with Jalen Brunson, and like look what Jalen Brunson has done since coming back. He's still been really good, man. Like he doesn't he doesn't slow down at all. He's always really really good. And so with how Julius Randle is playing right now, hopefully he can still you know, has something left over in the tank from almost giving 60 to the Timberwolves in a loss. But I think the size advantage is there for the Knicks. I think that the talent advantage is there for the Knicks. The only thing that I I would be concerned about is that Jimmy Butler is still on the other side. And I think Jimmy Butler understands the situation that the Miami Heat are in, and they're going to make a really strong push over the next couple of weeks. But I'm not laying points with the Miami Heat. I'm not. I don't think the Heat. I think this is wrong team favorite. I'm going Knicks plus two. But how I will back the Heat in this game is the Knicks really, really concerned me last game. And actually, after watching, just thinking about it, I've been slightly concerned for a while. And how streaky this team is. Once they take that first loss, they start playing basketball, bad basketball for the next three, four games. So. I'm going to back Miami on the over on their team total. And that's okay. how that's how I'll play them. I will take the over on their team total. They get the, again, the Knicks just gave up 140 to the Timberwolves. We know this as a streaky basketball team. When they're bad defensively, they're bad defensively for a couple of games. And so I expect for the Miami Heat to be able to climb over this team total as the Knicks try to figure out what is going on defensively in their organization right now. 
Yeah, I, I can understand that argument, but at the end of the day, going back to the spread, if you want to take Miami, be my guest, it's not going to be me. We, yeah, we've made I'm too much so money good. not taking Miami. I'm really good. I don't have to bet Miami at all. <laughs> we've, we've made a lot of money this season just fading Miami in pretty much every single spot where they're expected to do something because they never do. Nothing's really changed for me. Unless you think that there's a serious motivation edge because the Knicks haven't officially clinched the five, but you can make an argument that they are basically going to be the five, but I don't buy that. Thibodeau isn't the kind of guy to simply put punt games, and I think that with them giving up 140-plus at home to Minnesota the game prior, it's a really good spot for the Knicks to come out focused, especially on the defensive end, and take care of business. So if Miami wins, would I be shocked? No, but I'm not going to no. lay the points. Yeah, I'm really good on that. Miami 26-44-3 and three against the spread this season. And 18, I don't have the numbers as a favorite, but I'm assuming it's 18-33-3. Okay. Like, that is that is horrendous. It's really, really bad. <laughs> it is horrendous. All right. Uh, it, I, I told you I like Miami's team total over. I like the over for the game. What do you like? I think I have to lean to the over for the game because I just said the Knicks maybe show up defensively, but there's no guarantee that that's going to happen. They're streaky, man. They're streaky. When they, they are. when they start playing that one game of bad defense, they'll play bad defense for like a week. Now, Minnesota also shot the lights out, but there weren't many great defensive coverages. But I just looking at the head-to-head meetings, the first meeting landed 210. Second meeting, which was the Randall Crazy three-pointer, landed 242. I think I'm going to lean over, but I don't really have a strong opinion on the side. I think I'd rather just consider taking the Knicks plus the points. All right. And for props on this one, I saw somebody, uh, Munoff, said Brunson's assist still at five and a half at plus money. We got that last uh, last game. We got it plus money at five and a half. He finished with 10. Great call by us on that 12 to one Brunson double double. Uh, shout out to Jake, who always finds the best line for us. What do you like here prop-wise for the Knicks and the Heat? For the Knicks, I think I have to go with Randall because he just had 57. The Um, last time he faced off against Miami, he hit the game winner. It seems like Randall's just playing phenomenal basketball at this point. You mentioned Brunson assists, so I'm tempted by that too. Josh Hart rebounds? Yeah, Josh Hart can fill up a stat sheet, man. This was that was such a good trade. Like that was such a good. No, Hart's trade. A, Hart's the definition of a winning basketball player. Yes, and, and I know that it's a cliche, and people go, "Well, what does that mean? If you put up massive stats, doesn't it automatically mean that you're a winning basketball player?" The answer is no. I think a lot of winning basketball has to do with basketball IQ. You can put up huge numbers, but if I think that you're playing like an idiot or you don't understand basic defensive rotations or you don't know where to actually stand in certain situations, I think you're a losing player or just a lack of self-awareness. You don't know what your skill set is. You try to do more than you should be trying to do. Hart is the perfect example of what I look for in a winning basketball player because he Mm. knows his role. He doesn't try to do too much. He seems like he's always in the right place at the right time, and he's not afraid of actually battling on the boards he knows what he's supposed to do and i think that as a result hart has become a key piece of this Knicks team because he knows what the team needs from him so i'm a huge Hart guy but if we're expecting a physical style of basketball because these teams always have physical styles of basketball the knicks need all hands on deck rebounding Mm -hmm. and i think i think that you're gonna end up seeing Hart of a huge game on the on the boards because of it Give me hard rebounds. I think he's got a let shot me, at 10 rebounds in this game. 
Let me read down his last 10 games rebounding. 4, 7, 8, 8, 15, 8, 8, 9, 8, 5 in the last game against Minnesota. Averaging 8 rebounds his past 10 games. His line is set at 6.5. I got to go with the over on that one. Uh, I'm trying to think of what the line is for 10-plus rebounds if I want to go for an alt line. Uh, but I do. I can see... Hart showing extra attention to the boards. Yeah, let's just. And I think that's I mean, a good matchup think, for him. I think we can. I mean, I think double double is absolutely an impossibility because if you look at his, I mean, we can. I can read his last ten games points, and you're at four, five, ten, ten, nine, ten, eight, sixteen, thirteen, ten. So last three games, for the last five, he's gotten a ten. He's averaging nine point five over the past ten games. I. I Eight to one for his double double. I think that that is definitely worth a shot in this game where both teams need this. Like the Knicks are still chasing the Cavs and they still feel like they can catch them. Besides that, they still have, in theory, a chance of imploding and making the play in. They haven't officially clinched being out yeah. of the play of the play in. So it's going to matter. But once again, uh, I see Darrell mentioning that he can take Hart over PRA. That's an option too. I just feel like it's a good game for him to battle on the glass. Uh, Terrell's mentioned several times out of bio occasionally takes games off rebounding wise. I'm not sure if it's a good matchup for Mitchell Robinson because they're going to run in a lot of off ball screens and maybe Mitchell gets dragged away from the basket, which might help out. But uh, just I just quickly like try to see if I can find I like a double double. I wonder what did they do? What did they do minutes wise last thing? Because I feel like this is a Hartstein game. Hart double doubles eight to one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so let me see what the rebounds are. Uh, let me see here. I think you can only find it in, in the same game parlay feature on a book, but let me just see what his line is there. Um, Sorry, just let me just check. This. No, no, I'm looking for uh, heart. I want to see Hartstein's minutes in the last game against the Miami Heat, because I do agree with you. I do think that Mitchell Robinson can struggle in this one, especially uh, Hartstein got 15 minutes, four points, four rebounds. Okay, so they didn't stretch the floor with him like I would have thought that they would have. He didn't take a, a field goal attempt. I, I don't <laughs> see a line on Hart alternative rebounds yet, but I found double double at eight to one. Yeah, I like that. I, I still like double double. We'll we'll see. It's probably going to be like, I mean, five to one, six to one range for ten rebounds. Like you, I think that's a good play when they drop it. That's at six and a half, so probably around four or five to one, which I would take. I, the, the, the thing about double-double, you mentioned the last couple of games. I still don't know if I trust Hart for points because he doesn't view himself as a guy that needs to shoot on this team, which is good. No, he just he, he gets a lot of he gets a lot of backdoor cuts, easy easy uh, puts at the basket, or he just goes on offensive glass and puts it back up. That's kind of my point. Just around. If, if I'm going to take a guy to score ten plus points, I want him to actually have plays drawn up for him on the offensive end, and with yeah. Brunson, with Randall, and even uh, Barrett, who I still think takes too many shots. But the point is. I don't know how many shots he's going to have designed for him. So I think that 10 could be risky. And Hart can have a phenomenal game and only score six points. He doesn't need to score in order to actually dominate a game, and he knows that. So I think I'd rather just take the rebounds. All right. Let's go to the next game of the slate. We have the Golden State Warriors on the road facing the Dallas Mavericks. Warriors opened up as one half-point favorite. That line has moved to minus two and a half. 
234 and a half is the total that's ballooned up from 228 and a half is now at 234 injury report for these two teams and we have for the Golden State Warriors Draymond Green is probable Kevon Looney is probable we know Andrew Wiggins is out it sounds like he may be done for the year and then all the regular injured people for the Warriors Iggy Payton Rollins they're all out And for the Mavericks, you have Luka, who is questionable with a thigh injury, Kyrie Irving, who is questionable with that foot, and Markeith Morris, who is questionable with the knee. So, here we go, Scott. We have the Golden State Warriors laying two and a half on the road, and they're laying points against a somewhat respectable team. I think the last last two times we've seen them laying points on the road was um, the Rockets and the Spurs. I'd like to take this chance to uh, congratulate the Warriors on getting back on track because they won a road game against the Rockets. And they covered. Yep, and they covered. Congratulations. You finally won a road game. How does it feel? Now you face off against an actual team. My question for you is, I'm assuming Kyrie's going to play because he's played the last couple of games. I don't know why he would miss this game because Dallas is on the verge of missing the playoffs as well. I think it's all hands on deck. Luka is the interesting one. Kyrie's going to play, as far as I'm concerned. I don't know about Luka, because he's had a bunch of injuries in the past, and I'm assuming he's going to play in this game because they need him, but I can't even guarantee it. Do you think that the front office would rush Luka back if you know there might be some bigger problems down the road if they rush him back too soon? I don't know. Kyrie will play. I'd be shocked if Kyrie didn't play. The Luca piece is fascinating, so I'm going to ask you this. If Luca does not play, do you want to take Dallas? I am not certain. I'm I not either. Kinda I kind of still want really to. Tricky game. I kind of still want to because I still believe that Kyrie can it, it it depends on everybody else. Like it truly depends on everybody else. It's also a mix because the Warriors are so bad on the road, but we've roasted Dallas at home all year long for not covering any spreads. And uh, this is new to this morning. Tim Hardaway Jr. is downgraded to questionable as well. That happened literally 10 minutes ago. Tim Hardaway Jr. downgraded to questionable with an illness. That's not a good sign. That is that is actually the piece that will make me not pick Dallas if it's just Kyrie. because Tim I think Hardaway I'm leaning Jr. the Golden might State. Might not be there. I was joking but, about them getting back on track against the Rockets, but with the injury concerns that Dallas is dealing with and now a sudden illness with Hardaway, no guarantee that's also the only person with the illness. They're in a locker room. They spend a lot of time together. Maybe that could be a team thing. I'm going to lean Golden State. I don't feel great about it. If Luka and Kyrie were for certain playing, I would probably take Dallas, but I don't have that information. So as of right now, I'm going to lean to the Warriors. No chance I bet the Warriors, but I'll lean that way. I think it's as easy as if Luka and Hardaway Jr. don't play, I'm on the Warriors. But if I get one or the other, I will take the Mavs. Okay. Because, again, the Mavs have some shooters. And they have people that can score the ball. 
whether they do it or not is completely up to them, but they have people that can score the ball. And if we know anything about this Golden State Warriors team on the road, they are going to give up points. And I just do not think that you can, they can get into a shootout with the maps. Like with you add, well, I don't, Hardy doesn't get any minutes anymore, but Josh is going to get a boost if, if Hardaway can't play. Yeah, definitely. If, if Hardaway can't play, but then that like kind of cancels out. Cause it's like, you, you want more and more shooting. I, I yeah, no, I can't. Uh, yeah, give me Dallas team total over. That I can agree with. I'm, I'm going to treat this like how you did with the Heat. Uh, you mentioned team total instead of going with a side. Yep. I think I'm going to do that with Dallas. Golden State could win 128 to 122. It's possible. You know, mm-hmm. they don't guard anybody, but they can score a bunch of points. I'm with you, though, on the Dallas team total over, assuming that Luka and Ash or Kyrie play. I'd rather assume Golden State's defense is going to suck. And, you know, the offense could be great and they'll win the game anyway. But that defense has been terrible on the road all season long. So I'm with you. I'm on the team total over for really both teams. I, I can yeah. see a lot of points in this game. I yeah. like the over. I do, too. I do, too. All right, prop-wise, what do you like? Once again, I don't know who's going to play. So I, I, I can't really pick much. I think Kyrie I, scores bl- regardless. Are you blindly going scores. for three-pointers or points with Curry or Clay? Yeah, I think you, I think you should. This is a must-win game. Yeah, I think Kyrie's gonna Kyrie's gonna score regardless. Like this is the Warriors, Kyrie's gonna score regardless. I think Looney has a good matchup if they actually give him minutes. Yeah, he boards. should have he should have like fifteen plus boards. He really should. We got. I don't really do have much ladder, else because I'm not sure. His do we point. ladder Looney? What is this? What is this? It's at nine and a half. He gets. He definitely gets nine and a half. I want to see his minutes historically speaking against uh, Dallas. Um. He's got it. Yeah, the only problem with uh, stat news when you use them is they don't include the playoff stats. Oh, and they yeah. ended up having that playoff series. But uh, to look at the meetings this season, they've played twice. Looney's played less than 20 minutes in each meeting, had 11 and 6 in the first meeting and 10 and 7 in the second meeting. Now, his role has kind of gotten bigger with this team as the years progressed, but I am a bit concerned about the lack of minutes against Dallas. Oh, give me uh, I'll do Christian Wood too. Okay. Do you want to make a case for Kleber? Kleber mm. threes, maybe? Mm, no, not with the information I have now. Just ask. Maybe if, maybe if more people are out, then I can get down on Kleber. Not right now, though. Josh Green. All right. Oh, you know I can always make a case for Josh Green. Oh, if Hardaway's not playing, then Green He, he makes 50% of his shots. I'm a, I'm a big Green guy. Yes, he makes fifty percent of his shots. I can I can always be talking to Josh Green. Always, matter of fact, yes. Let's take Josh. Let's, let, Josh Green has a day to day. Warriors bad defensively. There, yeah. Nobody's paying attention to Josh Green. He has a good day today. Okay. Before we get to the next game of slate, gotta talk to you about the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and that is WinBet, now active in Massachusetts, along with a ton of other states. Be on the lookout for the WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. You get the marquee games of the week for the best odds. And you can bet the big dance at WinBet. And also, if you sign up today, you get a special offer bet $100. Get $100. Limited to state availability. Of course, our Degens only parlay, the biggest long shot parlay of the week, where you can get $1,000 free credit if you hit the parlay with the longest odds. So much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to Sports Gambling Podcast. No, head over to WinBet.com and download the WinBet app. All subject change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 20 or older and present in the state where a playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1 800 522 4700.
and we have the SGPN Final Four Watch Party at the Historic Ice House in Pasadena, California. Saturday, April 1st, 7.30 p.m. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash icehouse for all of the details. We also have a Masters Watch Party in Vegas at Stadium Swim. Link up with Sean and Ryan to watch the biggest golf tournament in the world. You can win a three-night stay at Circa Las Vegas to hang with you and the guys. Contest is completely free to enter. Just go to sportsgillandpodcast.com slash golf party. If you don't win the contest, you can still get a discount on a room using the promo code SGP15. So even if you don't win, go get a discount at Circa. Absolutely. SGP15 is that code. All right. Next game on the slate. Over back into the Eastern Conference, we have the Indiana Pacers going to play the Toronto Raptors line open and stay true to minus nine for Toronto at home. 234 and a half is the total injury report for these two teams. And we have for the Indiana Pacers, Tyrese Halliburton is questionable. I did not think we was going to see him again this season, but he is questionable. Chris Duarte is questionable with the ankle injury as well. Toronto Raptors, we have Scotty Barnes is questionable. Banton is out. And uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see if Scotty Barnes is able to play in this one, but that's really the only concern there. All right. Laying nine with Toronto, I have come over here and said I expect the Pacers to start tanking relatively soon. I feel like they should have started tanking a month and a half ago. But yes, I, I agree with you there. I It's really a weird spot because Toronto is a team that I still don't really like and I still think should have traded a lot of their pieces at the trade deadline. But they've been better lately. And I got to at least point out the home road splits because they're 23 and 13 straight up at home. Yet they're two games under 500. So mm-hmm. Toronto's at home for this game. Indiana's horrible on the road, 13 and 23 away. Uh, but you're looking at the last game, for example, played the Hornets. Hornets we know aren't good. The, the Pacers actually got off to a really great start in that game mm-hmm. where they ended up leading by 20 in the first half. They led by 18 after a quarter, and they blew the game. They punted a 20-plus point lead to the Hornets. I want nothing to do with this team. I'm going to lean to Toronto. Now, if Halliburton plays, it's not going to be fun for me because I'd rather him, of course, sit. I don't know why Indiana would play him in this game. But I'm going to lean to Toronto. This team at home has been very good lately, and their lackluster performances over the past couple weeks have all been on the road. At home, they've defended home court. I'm going to lean to Toronto. Yeah, I'm on Toronto as well. I'll just wait to bet this one. I don't think there's a – I mean, short of – Halliburton and I mean, uh, no, maybe the line then? stays in nine. But I guess nine it's kind of like a lot of points if you, unless you have information about Halliburton being doubtful for this game. Yeah, I guess it is kind of baked in. So this probably is the best line you're probably going to get. Um, I, I'm on Toronto. I, I think that Indiana's cooked and they're they're going to pack it in at some point in the season. Toronto's been starting games off really, really well too. So that's really been the aspect that Indiana has that keeps them from getting blown out is because they, at least they start the game with a lead and then blow it. But, and past 10 games, seven and three on the road in the first quarter is the Indiana Pacers. So really, really starting games all fast, especially on the road. But I think that 
this is a spot where Toronto six and four at home in the first quarter. I'm not really looking for a first quarter play, but just saying that if Toronto is right there with Indiana, like in the beginning of this game, I think Indiana loses their edge. If they lose their edge, Toronto can pull away as the game goes on and this get really, really ugly. So yeah, I like Toronto minus nine. I think I am looking at a first quarter play because Indiana is the worst first, first quarter team in the league. Well, they, like I said, they seven and three on the last 10 road games. They've been pretty decent. Uh, on the road getting off to a hot start is just they never maintain that. I mean, I have to look at Toronto team total over in this one. You're looking at the defense that Indiana's played or that's kind of an oxymoron, but they can't guard anybody. Gave 115 to Charlotte, uh-huh. not bad per se, but Charlotte was awful in the first quarter. Give up 141 to Philly. Harden didn't even play. Uh, 123 to Milwaukee. That's one of the most random wins of the year. Gave up 117 and 115 in back-to-back games against the Pistons. That's awful. Gave up 125 to Houston. Gave up 147 to Philly. Gave up 122 to Chicago. I got to look at Toronto team total over at home. All right. I I like it. I'm with you. And, yeah, I I would rather play Toronto team total over than expect anything from the Indiana Pacers right now because even if Hallie Burton plays, everybody else can take night off. Mm-hmm. That that's my play on the total with you. That Toronto team total over. Okay, any props you like for this one? Uh, Van Vliet double double. I think it's tempting, especially since I like the Raptors team total over. I think they might score 125 points in this game. Van uh-huh. Vliet double doubles plus two forty. Sure, I'll take that. If you want to just go for assists, I don't mind that either. Uh, I don't. I'm trying to see if I have an alt line in front of me, but. Uh, yeah, I see that at 240, which I'm tempted by. With Barnes being out, are you going to potentially pivot to Siakam double double? I so have to rebound. Do you go like Pirtle? Do you what do you look for? I yeah, will... triple double, maybe. Yeah, I think I think you just mm. is Siakam the main like beneficiary of. I think uh, he is just offensively yeah, and playmaking everything. I think it has to be Siakam. I agree with you, but I am going to look up uh, the odds for a triple-double on Siakam just for the hell of it, because I think that it's actually a decent spot for it. It's at roughly 17-1. to 1. Eh, I got. I don't know how much, how great I feel about that one, but uh, I, don't, I see 22-1. to 1. Uh-huh. I can handle that. I think if they play 22 games without Barnes, Siakam probably gets a triple-double in at least one of them. Oh, it, uh, what's Indiana. his name? That's who I was thinking. Precious Achua. If he gets into the starting lineup, he he is very very active around the rim. I can see a ten a ten rebound game for Precious Achua if he's in our starting lineup. I just gotta uh, I, that's a call I gotta make when when we get the report and we see last minute who they insert because they could insert him. I think uh, Gary Trent Jr. could get inserted as well. So we'll see. By the way, I see Van Vliet ten plus assists at plus one eighty. I'll take the double double at plus two forty. Yeah, he gets 10. It's going to be an inefficient 10, but he gets 10. All right, next game on the slate, we have the rematch. Philadelphia 76ers on the road going to play the Chicago Bulls. Philadelphia is laying minus three and a half here on the road. 221 and a half is total. This is the automatic rematch in a different city after... Uh, Chicago went into Philadelphia and got a win, as in what was that eight and a half, eight point underdog in double overtime, double overtime game that, game that flew under the total. 
Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Like it was at the end of the first overtime, it was 99-99. So all right, let's see here. Injury report for the Philadelphia 76ers. And we have PJ Tucker, who was questionable, and James Harden, who was questionable with an Achilles injury. And for the Chicago Bulls, you have Alex Caruso questionable. Javante Green is probable with the knee. And that is it. Does Chicago do it again? The concern that I have with Chicago in this spot is the fact that they were able to win a very impressive double overtime game. The problem was they went to double overtime and Harden went two for 14. Uh Harden was selling hard the entire game. And Chicago still needed overtime and Embiid fouled out in the middle of, of double overtime. And that definitely didn't help matters for Philly. Harden shouldn't play. He looked horrible. In that game, and I, I and of when course, he's hurt, you know, he does. When he's hurt, he's just just take his unders when he's hurt because I don't want to say do that anything. like I told you so because everybody said the same thing. But I ha- I was skeptical of Harden's ability to stay healthy during the entire season, and right around the playoff time, he hurt his Achilles, which is not going to be a fun time for Philly. If Harden plays him all over his unders, because he's going to be extremely passive. I love Maxi overs. If yeah. Harden's not going to play, Maxi's stepping up, and he's going to be the guy. Because we know you can't Max is going to lead them Harrison. to a win. If, uh, I want, I will actually not bet this game if Harden plays because I think Harden will be uh, subtraction by addition. I know we normally say addition by subtraction, but subtraction by addition. There'll be a liability out there. Yeah, but if Maxi plays, Maxi's going to come out there and, and with, probably have you, a thirty point the game. Exact same thought process here. I don't want Harden to play if I'm picking Philly because yeah. if he does, then. Through no fault of his own, because of injury, he's going to be a double agent out. He's there. always a liability when he's hurt. Always a liability because he can't guard anybody anyway. So yeah, but I'm going to go with Philly here. I, I think Embiid walks into 40. He had 36 last game, and he fouled mm-hmm. out. Chicago can't guard him. You can argue that Philly's going to take this game to heart because they should have beaten Chicago the first time. Yep, they lost at home. We've seen Philly in the spot before. They usually respond well in the second leg. And they play the really. They played really well on the road recently. You know. Yeah, but I'm gonna go with Philly. Really wins on the road. I think Harden's not going to play. If he does play, I'm on the unders for Harden. Mm-hmm. But I like Maxi over no matter what. Yeah, same. All right, I'm on Philly as well. I'm just a. I'm taking my shot saying James Harden doesn't play. But if James Harden plays, I'm not gonna bet this game. But I will I actually agree. bet it. I will actually bet Philly a hundred percent if Harden is out because I think that they're they're gonna be a better team. All right. 221 and a half is the total. That's already come down half a point from 222. I mean, I we talked about the double agent part of it, but I still got to like the under because Harden can't guard anybody. So Philly yeah. should be a better defensive team if Harden's not on the court. Yeah. I'm on the under. 99 points after the first overtime last game. I, I watched I, it. it was I can't disgusting. see it. I can't see it get too, too much better. Even though it was some really, really bad shooting in that one, I, I mm-hmm. can't see it getting too, too much better than that. Okay, prop wise for this one, you said Embiid. We both like Maxi. I think Embiid g- gets forty tonight. I think I think a forty. Like if you sit here and told me that Embiid and Maxi combined for seventy points, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't be surprised at all. I really think a thirty point game is in the cards for Tyrese Maxi today. At the very least, his threes. Okay, I gotta, I gotta find out what his points prop is. 
Um, see I think there's I a pretty good chance that Harden doesn't play because of how bad he was last game. We can make all this game six jokes about Harden, and I, you know I get it; it's funny. But he went two for fourteen. He's clearly injured with something. Yeah, that's he, not I mean it happens fine. every time he gets injured. It happens every time he gets injured. He has bad shooting nights. So it's it's as easy as I'm taking Philadelphia if Harden doesn't play i'm betting philadelphia if harton does play whatever i was going to bet on philadelphia i'm just going to put on his points under yeah i I, the only one i see for philly right now is Embiid at 33 and a half yeah they're waiting because you can't you can't drop a maxi line because if you drop a maxi line at 19 and a half now and harton is out that's cooked he's getting over 20 so as of right now i see Embiid at 40 at roughly plus 260 I, I got that, it. You got to bet I, I that now. That. Yeah, you got to bet that now. That's gonna go. That's gonna drop. If I, I'm Martin's trying to out. think of how Chicago even tries to guard him because they didn't double team him last game and they won. Yeah. All right. Uh, before we get to the next game of the slate, I got to talk to you about a very, very special sponsor, and that is Manscaped. Yes, public service announcement. Manscaped now has bearded products. Oh, my gosh. All right. So we've been waiting for this, Scott. I haven't told this story since Vegas playoffs last year. I don't think I've told the story. And we've had, we have a lot of new listeners onto the show since then. Very, a lot of new listeners. So I feel like I have to give them the story. And I tell the story every time Manscaped is a sponsor. So if you know the story, enjoy hearing it again. If this is your first time, enjoy. So this is back in high school, and there is, you know, when you're in high school, you start to get active. And, you you know, you start to get active. And so there was an opportunity where I was getting active, and I got a proposal. But I was told that I needed to handle trim the hedges. And I had never done that before. So... Myself being the scary cat that I am, I was not taking a razor down there. No, 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 no way to the family jewels. Absolutely not. So I went to the store because I heard of this thing where it was a cream where you just put it on, wiped it off. All the hair went away. It's called Nair. And so I used it and I felt like that. I was literally a ball of fire. Worst experience ever in the world. I, all I'm going to say is that is not something that you want to do. Now, granted, 17, 18 years old, don't really know about all this stuff, but, you know, I wish I had Manscaped. And now, Manscaped has changed my life because I can am able to do the grooming and everything that I can do. Lawnmower 4 is great. I've used it and it's able like it has skin safe technology that you can actually use. You really, really feel comfortable using it in the right positions and situations. And your lady or your male, whatever you identify with, whoever your partner is, will love you for it. So everybody Tap into the performance package for you get the lawnmower for you get the weed whacker 2.0 for those nose hairs. That's really, really weird and nasty. Yes, the beard hedger is now in Manscaped. The beard hedger is great. Like it has this little like 
like what is I don't even know what to call it, but you can basically change the number of the guard. Like you don't have to take the guard off and you can change the inches of the guard onto the on the beard hedger. It's actually amazing. And so promo code SGPN will get you 20% off plus free shipping. 20% off plus free shipping of your Manscaped order. Tap into the performance package for get the beard hedger. I promise you. You will thank you for it. Your significant other will thank you for it. And you won't have any embarrassing stories like I have from when I was in high school. So, everybody, manscaped.com, promo code SGPN, 20% off plus free shipping. There we go. That's the read. Enjoy. Hope everybody enjoyed the story. And while you were sitting there, continue to laugh at me at the story because I know you're laughing and you're probably still laughing right now. I'm going to just go ahead and go over to part two before I have any other embarrassing moments on this podcast. We are going to go over to part two. So if you're listening on YouTube, hang tight. If you are over on podcast version, slide over to part two of the podcast now. Basketball, give it, give it, give it the ball because I'm gonna go get it. 